tonight I'm hopping on, and these are my thoughts. Today was a very interesting day, and at third eye I was pulsing, and I was receiving a lot of information, and taking some time out tonight to feel some things and also ask myself some questions about what my experience is and overall how that experience reflects onto others and vice versa. And one thing that I realize is that for one thing, everything in this world, everything in this experience is a truth. No matter how shitty it is, it's a truth. No matter how adverse or challenging it is, it's a truth. And this is why I say this. Whether people realize it or not, Something that I've come to realize is that depending on your perception, you can either see things from the dark or the light. And that tempers how we experience other people. And for example, you can think about the relationships that you've had with people over the years. Um, Think about any pessimists that you've been around in your life and how they always see the glass as being half empty or you've had any Charlie Browns in your life where they always felt like there was a dark cloud over their head or there was always some sort of impending doom. And then maybe you were the more optimistic type or maybe you were surrounded by optimistic people and you know those people who had faith in everything, who believed that no matter what challenges they went through, they would always overcome. And even though I was more of the optimistic type, I had oscillated from being optimistic into a form of pessimism as an adult. And most of us, as far as I know most of us experience within the human condition, we experience duality in a way that its sole intention is to understand everything as a whole. That's why, that's why we have challenges. That's why people that we care about die. That's why bad things happen to good people. And I've heard people ask this question over the years, especially when devastation would happen, whether it was like uh, school shootings, mass massacres of uh, any sort, um, any sort of event where many people were involved and there was some sort of loss. And as we know, these events have occurred throughout the years. And so it's recurring. And sometimes, you know, 
people will ask, why does this keep happening? Why does it keep happening? Why does it keep happening? And these events happen to help us recognize, as a collective, to help us recognize something within ourselves that we can grow from. Now, bad situations contribute to growth. Good situations can also contribute to growth. However, our challenges contribute more to our growth than our pleasant and good situations, right? Now, as we're going through something that's very challenging, when you are directly in that experience, it feels like shit, does it not? And when you're going through something that's very challenging, it's very easy to forget that the challenge, because of whatever it is that you're feeling, whether it's physical, mental, emotional, whatever it is that you're going through can distract you away from the truth that if you open yourself to learn from whatever that challenge is, the challenge's message is, it will take you to the other side. It will take you to peace. It will take you to harmony. And what people forget to realize, and it's so easy to, to not realize this. Shit, I only realized this this morning. But there's always this degree of separation. We, we tend to push folks away who have given us negative experiences. I had to confront that this afternoon where a recurring situation around somebody that I just don't resonate with. I don't like them and it's perfectly okay for me to not like them. It's perfectly okay for anyone to not like somebody. And the reason why we don't like certain people is because we're just out of resonance with them. Something about their energy field and our energy field is not a match. And so when you realize this, it comes up in the form of dislike. That's why it's okay to not like people. But how we handle our dislike determines our experience with them and whether or not we are trapping any emotions within ourselves due to any sort of interactions with them. So we have to be very careful and mindful around the people that we don't like. Because people that we don't like are an opportunity, a great opportunity to see within ourselves the thing that we don't like in that person is a direct reflection of something that we don't like in ourselves. And when I say direct reflection, it's not going to be, I won't say that it's not, it could be the same exact same thing that that person is displaying, but it could also be hidden in another memory or experience or characteristic of yourself that you don't necessarily associate with, with that person. But 
when I thought about a situation that I was dealing with today and I was trying to figure out, is this just like something that I need to solve internally or something that I need to confront in the physical reality? turns out I had to do both because for one, I needed to set a boundary. Two, I had to resolve it emotionally and energetically. So it was like a three-part process because this was the kind of thing that because it had occurred for the last few years, it kept recurring and recurring and recurring. I'm like, there's something about this that needs to be seen, that needs to be explored, that needs to be dissected and unpacked. It's a big deal. It's not just one of those things where you can look into a situation and just kind of be like, oh, this is how I'm feeling about that. Oh, I'm just going to integrate and process this and be done and move along. This is like a whole nother level. And many of us, many people have somebody, some sort of karmic situation or contract with somebody where they keep coming around doing the same damn thing to trigger us. And it's up to us to figure out what that is within ourselves. It's so easy to look at that person and be like, go down the list of things <laughs> that even if you could justify it with some sort of rational reason, you got to go a little bit deeper and recognize that despite the lack of resonance, whatever people are doing is what they're doing. Now, how you get affected by it is on you. It's always on you. Because at the end of the day, if you took away the emotional component of how you experience anything in your life, just imagine that for a second. Imagine yourself waking up without any emotional capacity for 24 hours. What would your day be like? You just watch people do things. You wouldn't react. You wouldn't feel anything. You would just observe without any sort of emotional reaction or connection at all. So with that image in mind, you take that back into your real world and you just apply it to the person that gets on your fucking nerves. And it's like, you know what? If I took my emotional component out of this, if I took my dis-ease out of this, if I took what seems to be coming up as judgment or dislike or disdain or disgust out of it, what's left? What is that person doing? If that person is being messy, which was the case for me, which, you know, was associated with judgment on my part, I perceive that person as being messy. I'm like, you know what? That person... I know that person doesn't resonate. That person is messy from my point of view. However, if I were to get a whole colony of that person and put them all in a town together where they would resonate with all the other messy folks, it would work for them. Why? Because that energetic signature of messiness 
they would they would resonate. So it wouldn't be an issue for them. And if it is an issue for them, it's hey, I'm not gonna dig any deeper into that. But that's my hypothesis on that theory. Because when I imagine myself being with like-minded folks. I'm in harmony with people who actually resonate with me. So you take the messy folks and you put them in a group with people who resonate with them, which is consequently other messy people is what I'm saying. And it works out. It balances out because misery loves company. Messiness loves messiness, right? And the interesting thing about it is that when we come into contact with people who are different from us, it is our lesson to see them as one and the same. It really is, no matter how messy they are. Uh, because there is an element of them in us that creates whoever we are in the moment at any given time. When I think about who I was as a kid and how I've changed growing up, going into teenagerdom and then becoming a young adult and then becoming an adult, I look at how all of the ridiculousness has shaped me into the person who's speaking right now in this moment. You can't get away from that. All the weird goofiness that I was as a kid, all the anger and frustration that I was as a teenager, all the flailing around and running as an adult, <laughs> or young adult rather, um, has made me into the person that I am now, now I had to go through all of those different phases, which somehow in my mind just kind of seem, I'll just say it, air quotes, messy. You see where I'm kind of coming back to now? I have an element of messiness throughout my entire life that is actually reflected in the person that I don't like today, right? So I can't condemn that person for his messiness without condemning myself and all of my fuckery that I've participated in growing up as a human being. Your fuckery makes you who you are. You cannot be evolved without fuckery. You just can't, you know, dirt produces flowers. You know, so it's one of those things, just a gentle reminder to self of how important it is to not deny those aspects of yourself that were messy because they will show up in front of you in your physical reality as people who are messy. If you have any messy people in your life that you're related to. In my case, that person wasn't related to, so there's nothing that I need to necessarily um, 
resolve with them. I don't have to. I mean, I could, but I don't have to. Uh, because I don't know that person like that. And it's not a significant relationship. It was a significant soul contract, however, that kept coming back around. But not a significant personal relationship. Uh, but it it did give me a lot of great pertinent information about how to handle all of my past relationships that went to shit. And how to look at them differently, how to resolve them within myself. And if necessary, uh, resolve with the actual person. Um, when it comes to reconciliation, I feel like whatever shows up in my reality that helps me grow is a process that helps me reconcile on multiple levels simultaneously throughout each day. So, um, I know I talked about forgiveness in a previous episode, but I now question whether or not forgiveness is ongoing just because I notice similarities, at least within my reality, on how different different memories um, have different little elements that even though, so for example, if I go back and, and I do a life review to resolve a specific thing out of that particular memory, but I didn't realize there were other elements within that memory that needed resolution, it's going to come up again in a variety of ways. And if it evolve, if it involves a specific person or a group of people, um, those things are going to come up as well. So forgiveness, um, I feel forgiveness might be ongoing or it might require um, it might require um, several looks back into the situation. That's not to say that you didn't forgive the first time. Sometimes it just means that, like, depending on the circumstance, you have to resolve and forgive several things that were going on within that period of time. And it just so happens all of those little lessons, all of those little triggers, all of those little emotional things um, were in that particular scene or in that experience. For me, um, I notice that I get a lot of lessons in a particular scene. And what I mean by scene is like if you think of your life as a movie, I think about where I am now who I correspond with the most. So because I'm not traveling and I haven't been traveling for, for like a few years, um, I'm static. So this period of time is going to look to me like a scene 10 years from now. Because 10 years from now, I'm not going to be here. There's no fucking way I'm going to be here. <laughs> and that's not to say that uh, that I don't like where I'm at. Um, I'm just 
hyper aware that this is like, like I'm sitting in a, a classroom. And yet, um, this classroom looks like, you know, daily life or whatever. I just feel like for me specifically, I view life in a completely different way than how I used to. Maybe like a decade ago, or even like six years ago, I would have looked at life from a perspective of, you know, what do I need to do? What do I need to achieve? What do I need to accomplish? And today I find myself getting up and my focus, the first thing I ask myself, what is it that I need to feel? (laughs) What is it that I need to feel today? I shit you not. Completely 180. Before it was all about doing and doing and doing. Now I'm hyper-focused on, okay, what am I going to be feeling today? What's going to come up for me? And it's weird, but it's this, this uh, desire to, to stay open and to prepare be ready for the emotional things I, I want to to resolve. And the thing about that is everything is on a time release. Everything is in layers. And because my personality, because of the energies that I hold, there's a lot of just like action oriented energy. So it's like, even when it comes to feeling, there's a part of me that's like measuring how quickly I can feel through this, that, or the other. And even that has to be tamed. You know, there has to be a part of me, which I'm working on actively, that has to sit that down or set that down and fully like be with myself without a sort of time constraint without trying to measure or anticipate resolving anything because who knows like i can wake up tomorrow and just be like you know what there's nothing to resolve i'm good boom But then if I look around in my external world and it doesn't reflect that, then it's like, it reminds me that A, I am still a part of this collective. B, my participation does influence what happens with other people. And I can't just meditate all day, which I don't have a desire to. It it actually takes effort to find different ways to meditate comfortably. So it's not the traditional way that I meditate. I'll end up doing more of a walking meditation um, or a sitting meditation. And I find that these days I do that outside 
And that's where my mind will completely clear out, like automatically, and it's effortless. Um, that's just like a tangent. But my efforts, even if I claim that, you know, I'm good, I'm whole, I'm whatever, the physicality of this experience shows me otherwise. It shows me that written into my incarnation is that, okay, it takes time for your body to heal and reverse everything that you've done to it over the last three decades. Okay, boom. Which means if I have to wait for that, it's like I essentially have to wait for the world to evolve as well and change because that's on a time release as well. Um, and here's the thing about that, you know, everything that's changed on an energetic level, like in a major way has already changed. But a lot of that just can't be seen physically at this moment. Right now, what we're seeing is a fucking toilet paper crisis. Like my ass was looking for some toilet paper today and there was none, but that's an aside. But it's just shit like that where it's just like, yeah. Things that happen on an energetic level happen way slower on a physical manifestation level. And that's just how it always is. And thank goodness for that because if things shifted instantaneously as it does energetically, oh boy. Oh boy. So the time release feature within our lives is a blessing. So it's one thing that I'm always reminding myself each day as I'm waiting for things to, to shift. And um, the interesting thing about being energetically sensitive is that if you're anything like me, you have to kind of get used to knowing what's happening next and then sitting patiently as things physically change. It's like, it's bittersweet because you know that something good has already manifested on an energetic level, but physically everything has to morph on its own time because why? The physical matter is dense, it's heavier, it's thicker. So it takes more time to shift and change and move, you know? And, uh, and it's good, it's a blessing, like I said, because if things shifted physically as quick as energy shifts, then it's like, yikes especially when it comes to manifestation, because when you, I mean, everything is manifestation. Every single thing, everything that you experience is manifestation. Manifestation. Manifestation is happening all the time. There's no point where manifestation isn't happening. And I feel like I'm saying this for the first time because maybe I talked about manifestation before, 
but clearly what I'm saying now is I feel like is not what I said before. So, um, former truths are no longer true to me now. And that's important to kind of reiterate, like I said before, is that like everything in this world is true. It's true, but it depends on your consciousness level to that truth when you're living through it. And like I said, when shitty things happen, that's, that's a truth. It's a truth. It just is right. Because like on some level, somebody has to energetically resonate with that in order for that thing to, to exist. So like, Rape is a truth. That's somebody's truth. Being a serial killer is somebody's truth. You know? Um, and I don't know who that's going to trigger. It's not triggering me at all. I'm just kind of like feeling into that. But it's just like from where I sit, um, there's just this realization that no matter how shitty things are or how ridiculous people are being or acting or whatever it is that they're doing, even if they're killing people out here, which people are, um, and people are getting raped every day and people are getting violated and this, that, and the other, but that's a truth. It's a truth. Now that's not saying that it's right. That's neither here nor there. In fact, there are no rights or wrong unless you resonate with that truth. So if you're a rapist and that's your fucking truth, then of course you're gonna think that raping is right on some level or else you wouldn't do it. All right, so the people who don't agree with rape, they're like, hell nah, there ain't no motherfucking truth. Correct, that's not your truth because you're not out here raping people. So that doesn't resonate with you. That's not your truth, but it is a truth to the person who's raping. You don't agree with rape, so it's not your truth. And therefore you're not raping people. But to the person who's raping people, that is their truth on a subconscious level. Somewhere in their system, they have some sort of like messaging or cellular memory around rape that makes it okay for them to do it. And therefore it is their truth or else they wouldn't commit it. Hopefully that makes sense. If it doesn't, that's your truth. <laughs> it's your truth whether or not it makes sense or not so for example it's like if what i'm saying doesn't resonate with you then it's not your truth does it mean that i'm wrong no it's neither here nor there however if you do resonate with what i'm saying that is your truth does it make me right no it's still neither here nor there 
right? So, um, I don't remember how I got to truths, but um, I just wanted to express again how our shadow contributes so much value to our growth and our evolution. And this time that we're in is very important for us to see that. And when people are at home or if you're around people that you're not normally around because you're at home or because you're not working or whatever the situation may be, it's an opportunity, whether it's through those people or whether it's through being in your own energy, being by yourself, that whatever's coming up for you, like if you feel frustrated or maybe you feel chill, maybe you're good, whatever, it's a direct reflection of, of where you're at. Everything in your reality is showing you your energetic temperature, so to speak. It's an opportunity to always gauge where you are by just being more mindful and more observant and more open to what's going on and to your reality. And I guess I just say all of this because it was nice to wake up today and get more confirmation on seeing the conflicting energies as a tool, as something helpful. Because the more that I, the more that I integrate that, the better my experience becomes. And therefore, the way that I can approach any future challenges, it's going to be from a more grounded, more confident, and more harmonious state. And so it's important for us to share these things, share these thoughts, share our experiences, but because our life is an individual narrative and it's important for each person to know that if you're here on this planet, your narrative is important, it's necessary. And if you're here and you're alive, then your life is here for a reason. Like it's, your story is important. No matter how seemingly unimportant you may think it might be, no matter how dull it may seem, Sometimes you gotta, like, be the one who is living a certain kind of life just to have the experience of, like, well, how does it, how is it to be a human that was a farmer all of his life? Or how is it to be the human that was the superstar for three quarters of their life? Or how is it to be that human that was born as an heir and had never struggled 
financially. However, their work was to evolve and grow emotionally and mentally. Like maybe they had everything physically and they manifested just based on the fact of because they were used to having everything that their mindset was comfortable with receiving. But on an emotional level, they didn't know how to handle other things, maybe like relationships or, um, or whatever the case may be. So no matter how mundane one's life may seem at certain times, every moment of a person's life is valuable. And I'm beginning to see how my elders' lives are valuable to my experience now. And I'm also feeling an immense amount of gratitude that I didn't have to live their life because, yo, mm-mm. <laughs> Hell nah. So... It also gives me more appreciation into my parents' lives because a lot of the challenges that we face are passed on generationally. So there's a lot of things that I see through my parents that the only reason why my life is the way that it is is because they didn't know that there was another way. And it's like, when you know better, you do better. So I can't fault them. And I think on some level they knew that, but they didn't know how to wake themselves up into something better. And a lot of times they were just like, they just were at where they were at. So for me, it helps me to bring more compassion to people. Uh, Even though I don't talk to them, even though I'm very much estranged from them, um, you know, I did very much need the estrangement period to come to this realization that's very very important for my specific life experience i know for some people they have to um it's more beneficial for them to actually work through their relationship and evolve their relationship consciousness by physically working it out with those people and having them engage with the folks um, where they need to resolve some emotional imbalances. But for me, it was important to like go within myself and get a bird's eye view of what was going on in everybody's life. And even down the lineage and down, you know, just up and down, just kind of understand what was going on because I could only do that without their physical, emotional, mental, psychological influence. That was the only way I was going to come to this realization is with the space needed. And so this is why this quarantine is important. If you're around family and you can work it out by engaging, do so if you feel like that's the thing that is working for you. If not, if you feel like you need to be 
alone as fuck to go through what you're going through and to process, then use that aloneness very wisely. Take advantage. This is such an opportune time to be conscious of our manifestation. Like I said, we're manifesting all the time, all the time, whether people realize it or not. There's no such thing as just like, oh, this is how you manifest as if you weren't manifesting. Oh, honey, you're, you're manifesting right now, even as you speak. So the moment a person realizes what they're manifesting, because the universe says yes to everything. You'd be like, I hate that bitch. Universe says yes. <laughs> so the universe brings you another bitch in your life to hate or another person to even call a bitch, you know? So if you're like, oh man, you know what? I'm abundant. Like things always work out for me. And, you know, I feel safe. All is well. I feel fine. Everything works out. Everything's cool. Then the universe says, yeah. Everything is cool. All is well. You are safe and you are protected and you are abundant. All right, let me give you this. Let me give you that. So it's important to just be conscious of, of what it is that, if whatever your reality is reflecting, if it's something that you're just like, you know, I'm tired of that shit, then do the opposite of it. Consciously do the opposite of it. Work it in however you need to work it in, but you need to self-program, which is what I've been doing the last few months or couple months or whatever, finding different ways to self-program, um, which I've been doing with magic water. And I do it with writing because for whatever reason, like when I write stuff down, energetically whatever i write down that shit is instantaneous i don't know what it is about me and writing but that shit is powerful so uh if you're connected to your writing in any way write down what you want um or if you feel like you have a very strong way with words like if your spoken word is powerful then just speak what you want talk to yourself all the fucking day especially if you're alone <laughs> Because when you're speaking to yourself, not only do you hear it in your mind, but you're, he you're going to hear it outside of you. So it's like, like a double echo. I feel like it's twice the programming, twice the self-programming. Um, yeah. So if anyone's curious how I do magic water, uh, so it's based on this um, experiment. There's a whole documentary on it about how energy works and how this guy, I forget his name, but um, he basically does this test with these plants and he um, programs one glass of water with a hate word and then another glass of water with I love you or thank you or something like that with the loving word. And he puts the water under a microscope and he like he can see how um, the water changes its shape when it's receiving positive messages or when it's receiving negative messages. You know, put a plant in each one of the glasses and see how long each one lives. 
the glass of water with the positive message, obviously the flower lives longer. The glass of water with the negative message programmed into it, the plant dies, you know, like a day or two later or something. And so that's a similar approach to how I program my water. So um, I think about like a couple years ago, maybe three years ago. Yeah, definitely three years ago. I had started uh, learning Reiki. I don't even know why. Apparently that was just like a calling or some shit. I don't even remember how I got put on Reiki. But I remember just like I started learning it. Then I dropped off. Like I do a lot of things. I don't know why. I just I learn a bunch of things. Just a little bit of, of something. Just enough for me to use it later for something else. Which is beneficial. Um, and so I, I learned the principles of Reiki. And I had practiced a little on myself. And um, what I do, I use how I harness energy from the universe and I alkaline my water. So I literally, I use my hands and I just hover my hands. I'll rub my hands together sometimes, whatever. I'll set an intention as I'm rubbing the energy and building the energy within my hands that's running through my body. I'm also visualizing something as well, but I'm hovering my hands over anything that I want the energy to be affected by. Considering that I have uh, an energetic field that spreads out several feet, um, you know, there's a chance, you know, if, if I intend it, that energy will reach whatever it is that my field is touching. Um, but if I want to focus my energy on a specific thing, in this case, water, it'll just go to that water, right? So I'll focus my energy on just alkalizing, purifying, like lovingly alkalizing and purifying the water. And it's instantaneous because when I started doing that, and I have a filtered water system, but I started doing energy work on my filtered water and that water tastes like night and day different from the filtered water if I, if I didn't lay hands on it. And so, um, also what I do, uh, I write my intentions. I have mason jars, so this is how I do this. Um, I write the intentions and I tape it underneath the mason jars. And so I have three of them. They're like 32 ounces. So they're pretty big. And I drink a lot of water each day. So I'm drinking like maybe two gallons of water each day. I got these 32 ounce mason jars. I have three of them in rotation. And I have intentions that are focusing on different areas of my life. One is on health. One is on uh, receptivity towards myself because I'm really trying to work with my feminine energy. And that's really, that's a whole lineage ancestral thing right there because that shit just ain't me. Because um, I was receptive as a child and then all of a sudden that shit got blocked off. But that's a whole side note. And then the third, the third jar is focused on, um, what is it focused on? I think it's focused on physical abundance and physical manifestation and changing how I direct my energy outward. So one for the outer, 
one for the in inner. So you could think of it this way. I have one mason jar that's programmed for masculine energy, one programmed for feminine energy, and then another jar that's specifically for health and balancing um, my entire system, energetically, physically, mental, emotional, just everything health-wise. Health is very important in my life. Like, I really need to balance the scales on that. I haven't been, like, majorly sick in my life, but there are things within my family lineage. Like, we had hemophilia on my maternal side, diabetes, father's side, well, both sides, um, cancer. It is all sorts of shit. And it's like, I've never had that, but I'm doing all this work for for those folks and for um, the generation who came after me. Uh, so what the kind of work that I do for myself, my family is also affected by it. And I noticed this um, with my niece, like she helps reflect back to me the energy work that I'm doing, which is crazy. Uh, but that's really cool because she's waking up and it's cool to kind of watch her evolve and like coexist in this, this world. Um, so yeah, that's how I do my magic water. And uh, that magic water tastes great. I've been thinking lately cause um, it's like, dang, why didn't I do this before? And that's because like at a previous consciousness level, I just didn't believe in my own ability to do that. When I was a child, my mother, anytime I had a fever, she would lay hands on me and um, either overnight or within like a few hours, a fever would always break. And uh, she always talked about healing and laying hands or like oil or whatever. Like she set intentions with how she would um, heal me growing up. And for whatever reason, those things, those stories, those explanations always stuck with me. Like I always had a belief in something that I couldn't see, but I could always, you know, feel because there was always that awareness that like, I can't see the air, but I can feel it. So I know if I can't see the air, unless it's really cold and I can see my breath as vapor, but if I can't see the air, but I can feel it, then this energy that was, you know, being used to heal people, which I think came a lot from like Jesus stories. She would tell me stuff out of the Bible and how people would, you know, try to go from where, you know, wherever to try to find Jesus just to touch his robe to just try to get some healing or some shit. Um, which sounds crazy ridiculous, but on some level, it, it sounds completely fathomable. And I remember this saying, I don't know if this is like verbatim. It's probably not verbatim because um, I don't even know where my Bible's at and I haven't read it. I only read it once, but, um, it's like Jesus was saying to the person, your faith has healed you. 
like like your faith is what heals you, not you touching my robe or something. Because I think the person was trying to like get their sight back or some shit. And, uh, or some, some shit, it probably wasn't even, there was so many people coming for Jesus trying to get a healing, but whatever the ailment was, um, they were so desperate to like reach him and just like touch him. They're like, I don't even need to touch. You don't even have to touch me with your hand or whatever. I just need to touch your robe. I just need to touch a thread of whatever the fuck you're wearing so I can catch a healing. And Jesus was like, yo, that's deep, bruh. Like, you really believe in in what I can do for you. Like, well, shit, you're good. Like, because you feel yourself just by your belief in that. So that's kind of how I feel about my magic water. Um, yeah. And I say kind of because that's literally how I describe it. It's like um, my belief in it is it it evolves day by day it's like the more that i drink the water um the more that i believe in it and it's very cyclical because i programmed the water that's in um the dispenser as whatever the energy is for the now moment so it can't go any lower than where I'm at now. Um, And then the energy that goes out of that dispenser into the jars goes into a more elevated energy once it gets within the jars. And then the next day, you know, after my body has processed through all of that enhanced water, I'm at a higher vibration. I'm at a more evolved state of being. And therefore, that water that's in the main dispenser is too. So that water is no longer yesterday's water. That The water that's in the dispenser now matches my current vibration. So the water in the dispenser automatically raises its vibration each day as I drink the water to raise my own vibration from drinking out of the jars. Hopefully that makes sense. But the way that I programmed it, I programmed it to be very cyclical and automatic so that each day I evolve from the water, it takes me up higher, more alkaline. And then it just it just keeps going and going and going and going and going to a higher level and higher level. And since then, it's been, um, I feel like I've noticed the changes. I definitely noticed it on um, a physical level and just with the amount of like pressure I feel in my forehead with uh, my third eye and how I tune in. And yes, yeah, so I just, I notice things on on that level. And I notice things within my actual physical experience too, like how I'm being blessed more and how my energy feels more safe. So for me, it works. Now for anyone else who is interested in 
being more conscious about the manifestation that's always going on around you. Manifestation's always happening, whether you're doing something about it or not. You know, just ask yourself what will work for you. Open yourself up to um, seeing what works, what helps. And not just the water. I'm also um, experimenting with uh, subconscious affirmations. I have that running on a unintelligible volume throughout the day. So I'm not actively listening to it, but it's constantly running. And then also whatever it is that I'm watching, I'm always watching content that is focused on that evolution, on that growth in some way, shape or form. Um, it doesn't even have to be about physical manifestation. It could just be like the video I was just watching a while ago it was just about people having conversation about what's going on during the quarantine and just like people spending more time listening to themselves and their emotions and meditation is like stuff that resonates with me. And also um, spending my time doing things that feel good, doing things that actually feel like me. And that's pretty much it. So I hope this finds you well and I hope that this quarantine period is beautiful for you because it really is a very awesome time despite, despite the lack of toilet paper in these streets. It's still amazing. Um, just a friendly reminder for whatever reason, I don't know why I'm seeing people out here arguing in these streets about what to do with paper towels and baby wipes. Don't flush that shit. It's common sense. Don't flush flushable wipes. Don't do that shit. You're going to fuck up the sewage systems. So I hope everyone is aware of that. God, I hope you all are aware of that. If you run out of toilet paper, if you do, wipe your ass with the baby wipe. If you have it, throw it away. Nothing needs to go in the toilet except the toilet paper. That's it shit. I love you all. Thank you for all the lessons. You're all a blessing. And until next time.